From St. Louis, Missouri, this is Strangers to Fiction, a podcast all about documentary storytelling by two documentary filmmakers. I'm Jacob McIndoller. And I'm Bill Streeter. And today we're going to be talking about the acclaimed 2002 documentary, The Kid Stays in the Picture. He has been both the toast of this town and he's been an outcast in Hollywood. The legendary producer who made superstars and crashed and burned. A movie-making life few people have led, but it didn't come easy. It was the beginning of the golden era of the new Hollywood. And me, I was lucky to be part of it. My name is Robert Evans. Stardom found him. Big splash, New York businessman dives into pool and comes out movie star. Hollywood seduced him. Where does the next actor and a bad one at that come out running a studio? Success defined him. Godfather. Paramount didn't want to make the film. I think there were more pregnancies over love story than any film ever made. Chinatown? First draft of the script. Nobody understood it. USA Films presents the story of a man. I keep seeing pictures of you with gorgeous women. Are they important in your life? <laughs> who ruled over a revolution. You live a lot of people's dream. Is it as good as it looks? If you live by the sword, no damn well you could die by it. And when it all came crashing down. I've been shot down, bloody, accused, threatened, disgraced, betrayed. No one wanted me in the picture. Rose to his feet again. Tough? You bet it is. But I ain't complaining. Nothing comes easy. The kid stays in the picture. So let's talk about Robert Evans and uh, the uh, kid stays in the picture. The kid stays in the picture. So, so the kid stays in the picture is based off of a book. The book came out in 1994. The movie was released in 2002. And it's basically the story of Robert Evans' life, right? He was yep. a, a business guy. He became an actor for a short time, um, decided he was more ambitious, and decided to become uh, part of the studio. Ran Paramount Paramount for a long time. Still there, I believe. Yeah. I think from he's at least... He's still working. I, I, I heard something about him recently. I was surprised. I'm actually surprised he's still alive. I, mean, he's I, I was elderly. too. When I was doing the research on this, I was surprised too. But I think I think I read that his, the last movie that he produced was t- maybe 10 Things I Hate About You or, uh, yeah. or like some, something like that. Um, you know what I love about this movie? Yeah. I love that this movie kind of showed you that you could make a film... And tell a really interesting story with little more than just a access to one dude and uh, a box of photographs. <laughs> well, and that's all it is. Yeah, I mean that's all it is. Is it's one guy talking. It's Robert Evans narrating his own life. I think yeah. not even necessarily narrating. I, it seems like he's basically well, he's narrating. But book. I think I think I think they. Uh, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the film, but I had the feeling that they did a combination of like pre-written stuff that they had him read i think it i think it's excerpts from his book as well oh is that what it is i think it's all of him oh. reading ex- excerpts from his book uh, and then they're kind of building smart. around yeah that. i like that yeah. yeah that's a good that's a good way of doing it um you know so there's two kind of i hated this movie um but i hated you it. hated it i hated it well um but i hated it because i hated him a lot 
Um, now, this is interesting for me because I, I re-watched this. I, I'd seen it years ago, right? And then mm-hmm. I just re-watched it today. Um, and I remembered loving the movie. Mm. But I think what I loved about it, like technically this movie is brilliant, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very well done... And it, and it kind of feel like um, it upped the game for documentaries. I mean, this... Because yeah. I don't... I mean, outside of maybe a couple of Errol Morris films, I don't remember too many other documentaries that uh, were of this level technically in terms of the way it looks. I mean, it even has... There's an effect named after this movie. Right? Well, yeah, the kid stays in the picture. The kid stays effect. in the yeah, picture. Yeah, they kind of invented it. I guess they... I don't know if it was the first time it was used, but like... I think it was the first time it was used like this big, right? The so technical it, term for this effect, and I'm going to describe it for people who don't know what we're talking about. The effect is, is like using... Making a... What you do is you use a, a digital technique to create a photograph with different layers in it mm-hmm. and then you uh it allow it's a way of animating a photo with its background and sort of a parallax effect and a parallax effect is like where you have something in the foreground something in the background and then you're the third point that moves along that axis and it causes the background to sort of move at a different speed than the thing in the foreground and the way you achieve this effect and is by set, by cutting out the people and the things in the foreground and from the, and separating them from the things in the background putting them into a 3d environment and then moving a virtual camera around them is the way you do it right and it gives the photos a very it's a very cool stylized effect and it is used everywhere i feel like days. it's a little overdone now yeah. yeah i mean but but that was because of this movie i mean this movie is the one that kind yeah. of brought that into a mainstream so and it, I, and you know it's funny i'm working on a on stuff now and like i rarely ever want to do that because mm-hmm. i feel like it's way overdone oh i but see i and remember like when i made my documentary i was yeah. like i was like i oh, want to do that it. i want to do that because it looks so cool i did i did it know? in my film too yeah uh and i figured out how to do it from scratch now there's plugins you can buy sure for things that'll do it for you but i think back i mean when they made this film i imagine they're doing this by hand yeah i mean they're separating out and i feel like it's and, and it maybe. works best like people kind of overdo it like there's a good way of doing it and bad way of doing it you know mm-hmm. there's like people that kind of really try to over like make it look very you know they try to overdo the effect and it, and it gets it looks stupid in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and then there's people that do it very subtly. And I'm on the subtle end of things. Like, if I were to do it now, it would just be right. a very subtle uh, version of it. But it's kind know? of funny because we were talking about, like, um, Pulp Fiction and uh, Reservoir Dogs and the influence that those had. And this film, I think, had that kind of influence just on effects. Uh, on right? an effect, yeah. And, like, well, I think just, like, raising the... I think it showed that, like, a documentary could be made with, like little or more nothing more than a box of photographs and then a good interview yeah or a book mm-hmm. um and it's a very unique documentary because i don't know if too many docu i mean there's probably other people who have tried to turn their books into documentaries and haven't been that great but this is a really well made one and really well done and i feel like the story is broad enough because it's hollywood that it um it, it has a broad appeal you know because it's a hollywood story it's about celebrities and a guy that was sort of a you know a, a party to almost everything that happened in hollywood in a certain period you know right. I, which is interesting you know, I it's think a great I, story i think i see i don't i disagree I, I think that you know from a technical level i thought it worked really well but i just didn't i so i think the second time i went to watch it i was like uh 
I'm just going to pay attention to this story. I know it's got all the pretty effects and stuff. I know yeah. it's, it's going to do all of that. So what, what, what is actually going on with this story? And I just found it very, and I, I said this earlier, I just think I didn't like him. It seemed like a very narcissistic project. It's this guy telling his life story, you know, like, and, you know, he gets to pick and choose which parts of the story he wants to put in there. You know, it just seemed like such a vanity project to me. But did he produce it? He didn't produce it. He did. He did narrate it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he it was, was involved based on in his it. book. Yeah, based on his book. So I'm sure he had something to do with the. Yeah. I'm sure just people weren't like, "Let me make this movie." So, so you're looking at you. So you sort of discredit it because it's a. You feel like it's a vanity project. Yeah, it was just like this guy going, "Look at what an amazing life I've had." Yeah. And look at no, and like his struggle. His struggles that's seemed true. like bullshit yeah. to me. Like he. Honestly, I just no. I well, but here's the thing. I feel like his proximity to a certain uh, very influential part of the culture throughout a period of time, even if it's like, even if he's like sort of a uh, a blowhard and a brat, even if he's just bragging, like he really was like all those places and did all that shit. No, I have it's no doubt docu- about that. I mean, I mean it's, it's- which is. I think on some level that's super interesting. I don't know. Um, I mean, even if you don't like him. Well, I mean, we t- we talked we were talking earlier about the different like approaches to filmmaking. Yeah. And like you know, a guy like Michael Moore, when you watch him, you know what you're going to get. Like you yeah. know what Michael Moore's yeah. opinions are. You know which side of yeah. he's standing on. Yeah. And this is like this is not a real examination of this guy's life, right? There's no like this is from his his side of the story. Yeah. You know, I think it would be more interesting if you had some people that were really like, you know, like he touches on like kind of controversies about himself like he gets busted um for cocaine. And I, this he seemed like he was lying through this whole thing. Yeah. Cuz at one point he says, "Oh, when I was like 40 was the first time I tried cocaine." I don't I didn't believe that for a second. I'm like cuz you seemed like a your whole career was just cocaine fueled. But I mean, I don't know, I don't know that obviously, but but then when he talks about getting busted, he was like it was just this one time and oh. I made a silly mistake and I'm like but I'm like, you know what? I I remember that. And the the thing that I took away from that was like I felt like it was a little bit of tongue in cheek on the part of the filmmakers, not him. <laughs> They're like, "Oh yeah, I mean, it was almost like a conceit. Like it's like yeah, this guy's going to toot his own horn now. It's like, you know, and the way they presented it, I felt like it was like, I don't know. I, it didn't bother me as much yeah. as it bothered you, apparently. So. Yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't, like, it just, I would like to see something about him. the wrong way. Yeah, but I, I would like to see something about him that is an actual examination of, like, you know, if, if somebody else was involved in, in writing the story or directing it, like, you know, and they really were honest about it, it yeah. just didn't seem honest to me, you yeah. know. It seemed like him, you know, like there's interesting, he talks about in, in the in the movie about Ali McGraw, right? He was married to Ali McGraw. Yeah. And he makes that sort of the centerpiece of his love life. Well, I was reading, he's been married seven times, every time for less than three years. But he paints this picture in this movie, like he had this one, you know, love of his life. Of, Maybe of he did. Ali though. McGraw. Maybe he did. Maybe that, I mean, I believe, you know, it's funny, um, speaking of that, uh, uh, one of the funny lines I thought was not funny but interesting insights was to Madonna in Truth or Dare call, uh-huh. a callback to our first show um, was when uh, people asked her like she said something about who the love of her life was and she said Sean yeah I feel like people that are serious like get married I've never been I've only been married once but like I feel like people that have been married two or three or four times 
probably have that one love in their life that like that one person that they feel like they're really connected with but for tragically it didn't work out somehow you know i don't know and, and i haven't i don't I haven't known too many people have been married that many times so and that's possible but it's still it she was probably it came it, off as disingenuous well because to me it came off as well she was the movie star one right she was the yeah. movie star of those seven wives yeah. that you've had he had yeah. so which one is he going to paint as like this glorious yeah. relationship that and he just seems so like fake about the way he he like he takes responsibility it like for he it. was casting his own life yeah that's exactly what he was doing so i don't know i just i don't know i like I, I liked the, yeah you didn't like the guy yeah and you felt like it was a puff piece about the guy i did and i right. i mean i think even still i watched it and i was like it's still beautiful yeah, i think that's at, a you know? i think that's a valid criticism i don't know i'll have to look at to see how it was how the film was financed and how much input he probably did have a lot of input New, uh, being a movie mogul yeah you know uh but I think technically, super awesome film. Uh, sort of lifted the game in terms of and the storytelling. Whether or not you like the story, believe the story, or like having. I feel like the way the film was edited and structured, and told in that very uh, technical way with the the animated photos. I feel mm. like it was a very well done film. I, I totally agree on that that sense because, like you said, there is nothing shot in this documentary. They don't shoot a single piece of film in this documentary. Oh, they do. Do they? Yeah, he shows up at the very end. Uh, he has, yeah, he 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 has a appearance like I think in the third, like sort of the third act of the film, or right at the beginning, and, and it's just like a brief. It's him talking. Oh, in a, okay. In an office or something. I don't know if I. It's, it's nicely that, done. It, it he looks like he's sitting on a set, honestly. Okay. A movie set. I didn't. I felt like it was. I didn't know if I liked it or its placement in the film or whatever, but I thought it was interesting that they did actually show him. But other than that, though, the, other than that, this isn't like a documentary. Yeah. Though. No, I mean, we talk about brief, we talk yeah. about different styles, fly on a wall, that kind of stuff. This wasn't any of those. This was no. Like you this said, was sort of an introduction of a new style. Of yeah. So it was a box yeah. of photographs and some old archival footage. Yeah. And in the, the fact that his life was so public makes it interesting because there's lots of archival footage and lots of photographs that they can play with you know yeah i mean you have you know 10 different photos of the same event that he's at so they can kind of play with the different angles mm -hmm. and you know make it seem like it's it's happening but yeah you know. and there's footage i mean wasn't there some footage in it like there was quite a bit of footage there was like like footage of uh I mean, footage, footage of the films yeah archival footage footage of the films yeah there was also footage of just events that he he showed up to and things like that so it was a good variety of media i think yeah that sort of told the story but i just it's really interesting to me that it wasn't i mean like, like you said it, it was it makes, a slideshow in a lot of ways yeah there you go you know uh, which it's a, is not I, I mean I don't have a problem with that, that. I feel, but that's I a really like great it's way a, it's, a, yeah. it's a slideshow that yeah. that's really kind of elevated to another level yeah you know it's a dude talking over a slideshow yep. with some music playing yeah yep. but they did it they and did nothing well. wrong with that I feel like uh, Al Gore's film uh, um, Inconvenient Truth is basically a slideshow well, I mean, it was that kind of is a slideshow it was based though. on a slideshow <laughs> yeah so it was sort of an ex uh, we'll have to talk about that sometime and um just in terms of like I, I just want to get this on the record in terms of like possible future topics um i feel like uh the guggenheim uh, father and son filmmakers who Goog, uh, david Trump, david guggenheim made inconvenient truth and he's made a couple other documentaries mm -hmm. he's actually kind of a, i mean he's a significant documentary filmmaker in modern times he's 
probably not much older than me. But his father I admire a lot, Charles Guggenheim, who uh, made one dramatic feature, but mostly documentaries, won an uh, Academy Award for Monument to a Dream, which is the uh, 1960. 1966 film about the building of the Gateway Arch in St. Louis. Oh, really? Um, and it won an Academy Award that year um, for Best Short Documentary, which I can't imagine 1966 there were a lot of short documentaries. But uh, he won an Academy Award, and he was actually, I don't know, he's a personal hero of mine because I think our connection to St. Louis, but he's also like rose to national prominence uh, for a number of reasons as well. Um, so what is, so David Guggenheim. David Guggenheim's his son. No, we're both saying it wrong. It's Davis Guggenheim. Davis. Davis yes. Guggenheim. Yeah, that's that's his son. Yeah, I was looking up the. And the, Charles Guggenheim is his dad. And so, okay, so David Davis Guggenheim, Inconvenient Truth, Waiting for Superman. Yeah, I've seen those two. He named me Malia. Is that the? Is that the one about the Indian I girl? I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, the one. I haven't kept up. I don't, know what, I don't know what else he's. I, I only know a couple of his films. So. In the road we traveled. You said his dad is what? Charles Guggenheim. Okay. I don't know, you know, if it was a wealthy family or... I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I feel like... But Charles Guggenheim, a uh, personal, you know, hero of mine, you know, just in terms of... I think part of it is the fact that his connection with St. Louis, but also the fact that he's a world-class filmmaker, you mm-hmm. know, in the, working in, in, document, in the documentary form right. in, the, in the mid-60s, you know, and doing it mostly like his career he's he helped start the well i think down the road television station here. since we're kind of talking about that i think down the road yeah it would be fun to do like a like a series on you know different kinds of series we talked about different particular filmmakers like yeah if we did like a whole series on like michael moore or if we did a whole series on you know the or a whole, well no actually you know what would be fun uh would be to do a show about the career of michael moore just one show one show yeah. Oh, we could do that. That's a lot to talk about in one hour. <laughs> I think if we if we sort of said, hey, we're gonna like make we're gonna do like maybe two minutes on each part of his, you know, sort of map out his career, mm-hmm. and just sort of allocate a certain amount of time within an hour to talk about each. Well, that's the nice thing about I think this form is we can kind of go in a ton of different directions. Uh, one of the things I love about the podcast form is that it's a it's its own form of documentary. Really, I it mean, is. documentary storytelling is uh i don't know i i feel like you could do it in a lot of different ways it can be only audio it can be it can be video it can be photos yeah um well in these days even um you know what they call like documentary podcasts are getting more and more popular yeah you know because mainly because of serial i think it's the one that launched it all off you know yeah and there's Um, some really amazingly well done uh podcast documentary what i consider radio documentaries yeah and i feel like we're in a sort of a uh, a resurgence of documentary storytelling in a lot of ways because it's being done really well in a lot of different forms. I agree. You know, and that's so. why I, I think it's so fun to do this. Yep. You just get to sit and talk about it. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't limit ourselves just films. Maybe we should occasionally, you know, maybe. talk about it. Well, you know, if we were doing this, if we were 
recording this on say our 500th episode and serial was released yeah i don't know how we couldn't talk about serial no yeah you know that's a documentary it's not a documentary film but it's it is a documentary maybe maybe we should yeah let's if if, if something like that limit ourselves let's just say right now we're not going to limit ourselves we're going to talk about the documentary form Mm. in any medium sounds good all right do you have anything else to say about the kid stays in the picture uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, the only <laughs> other thing I, I just think there is like I mean, um, I know that you know uh, Morgan Spurlock's a big fan of this film. Um, he he is puts, he that's surprising because it, it, he makes a very different style of film. He does, but I he I heard him uh, some interview at some with with him at some point, and he had um he it's, he said it's like in his top five or something documentaries you know the one th- other thing i forgot to mention about this film another thing that took me out of it was i felt like his narration was sometimes hard to understand oh like mm-hmm. he kind of mumbles see times, i feel but, like i'm at a, i'm a little bit at disadvantage because i haven't i've watched this film like two or three times but i haven't seen it really recently <laughs> so uh i feel like i'd have a lot more to say about it if i had if it was fresh in my mind but yeah. it's not so well that's all i have to say about it all right cool all right